There are folks who are, you know, safe at home, teleworking with no issues. Um, and then there are people who still, you know, who, who staff and support these wonderful essential services that keep us all going, who are out and going. We know that people are not being paid. We know that the food bank needs are getting um, really sort of strained at this point. And so there is an incredible um, outpouring of people who want to do something. Hi, this is Dan Baum, host of Redefine You. Thanks for joining us as we continue our series exploring how we redefine in the face of a pandemic. This week, we're joined by Tracy Ballard of the Center for Learning Through Service, part of the Sarbanes Center for Public and Community Service at Anne Arundel Community College. Tracy shares her experience with what she calls the changing landscape of service learning. We'll talk about where she sees others pivoting in new and creative ways to serve others, as well as how each of us can take steps in support of our local community during this unprecedented time. I want to welcome Tracy Ballard, the Program Coordinator for Service Learning at AACC. We originally recorded and scheduled time with Tracy, so for me this is welcome back, but for our listeners this would be first time. So thanks so much for joining us today, Tracy. I am very glad to be here, Dan. Thank you. How are you doing these days? You know, honestly, I am doing great, right? I mean, this is definitely a time um, that you got to keep everything in perspective. And given uh, the trials that some folks are facing, we're, we're doing just fine. Thank you for asking. Yeah. How many people are in your household? So it's interesting. My mom passed away a year ago and I moved in with my father. And um, so he and I are in a house together and we've got other family members on this same street um, several houses away. So it's nice. We see each other in passing from the window or talk from the driveways. Yeah. Well, that's good that you're together. Yeah. Yeah. Let's start with what is service learning? So service learning is a really cool tool that faculty use, um, by connecting nonprofit organizations and their coursework. So it's an opportunity for them to give students real world hands-on practical experience around a learning topic um, with a community nonprofit. And the great thing is, is that the nonprofit gets the service. So for instance, you might think about a graphic design class that's learning to make a brochure instead of making it for um, some made up entity, they might actually make it for a nonprofit that's not able to pay for graphic art services. What has changed most in service learning during this pandemic? So what has changed most is pretty much the landscape. Um, the governor's office, as you know, in our state has issued a stay at home directive. Um, and that's not just for businesses. It's also for nonprofits. Um, the governor's actually said that um, nonprofit agencies who are essential, uh, and you might think of those as things like food banks, et cetera, are still able to operate, but they are not able to have volunteers physically in their space. So the whole concept of students doing projects at nonprofits um, in the community um, at the agencies has all changed and in many cases had to pivot to virtual or come to a stop. So that's really impacting students pretty dramatically. It is. It is. And um, it's the same thing. So the Sarbanes Center also works with internships. We work with travel studies. We have had to um, cancel study abroad trips because of health concerns. Um, 
and interns, it's the same thing. Students are not allowed to go. Um, we, we can't ask our students, rather, you know, to go and, and be in person anywhere. So it has changed things. Tell me about the types of organizations that we typically work with. Where, where are students typically doing service learning? Well, the neat thing is, right, we can do service learning with anything. So service learning has a particular um, feature in that we work with nonprofit organizations. Okay. But they can be in any space. So um, we have social service organizations. We have agencies that work with kids. We have agencies that work with older folks. We have agencies that, like, repair bicycles um, for folks who need them. Uh, it pretty much spans the gamut. And Anne Arundel County is wonderful. I mean, we have a large variety of nonprofits, large large and small um, that do cover a lot of areas. You mentioned the impact of the governor's directive on these organizations. So what are you seeing is happening to those organizations at this time? Yeah, well, the neat thing is, um, so here at the community college, of course, you know, we try to stay connected to what's going on. And we've been participating in some calls that the um, Maryland nonprofit groups who do volunteer management are holding, and they are pretty much stop and stay at home. But they are asking folks to think about service in a more creative way. Um, they're asking people to check in on their neighbors, um, asking people to give back by, you know, um, making masks, for instance, at your home and mailing them uh, or making donations to the food bank, um, dropping food off at the food bank versus going there and volunteering. Um, but the neat thing is that the neat thing in the challenge is both that people have to be creative about that because they have to kind of do it with social distancing in mind. You mentioned people have to get creative about it. So so how are people volunteering? What, what are you seeing people doing? You, you mentioned like ma uh, making masks and things. What, what are you seeing people coming together to do? Yeah, well, so it's really neat. And I feel like a lot of it now is also kind of very local. So people who know that they have neighbors who are older uh, are checking in. They're getting groceries for them on the occasions that they go to the store. They're dropping them off in their driveway, um, you know, making sure that they have what you need. Um, I have a neighbor, in fact, um, who's having his grass cut now by another neighbor. Um, you know, folks are just kind of out doing help where they can. Hospitals are asking for cards. Um, some of our senior centers are asking people to consider um, becoming a pen pal, right? Because most of our senior centers are on definite lockdown. There's no getting in and out of them. Um, but people need relationships and people need connections. And so they're looking for people to reach out to them. We've had, um, there are opportunities for people to read stories, um, to create videotapes um, that they then share with people who might be feeling isolated. And there are essential programs like the food bank who do still need food. Um, so they are accepting donations, but by drop off uh, or by monetary donation. That's really encouraging that people are, are doing that. I, I had a conversation with a colleague yesterday about when something like this happens, our first instinct is kind of protect our own, right? We kind of close ranks in the sense around our immediate loved ones. But then once we recognize that that immediate need is taken care of, then we start to look right in the next level, either extended family or immediate neighbors and so on. And I'm kind of hearing you say that's kind of what we're doing on a communal level, because uh, I'm curious where the greatest need is, but you're, you're sort of describing it well. You you start internally and then you look at your neighbors and then you look to the hospital. You kind of start growing from there. Yeah. No, Dan, you hit the nail right on the head. It's kind of incredible. And it's like people are really looking around like, how can I help? How can I help? What's challenging is, is that the things that we used to do 
right? We have to redefine. You can't just hop into your car and go someplace and do something. Sure, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's completely changed the landscape. It's like the um, trying to think about how to help while you're sitting in front of your laptop at home has made things a little bit different. Well, it concerns me too that there's so many nonprofits, small organizations that really kind of are on the bubble almost month to month and something like this could really be devastating to them. Are you concerned that we're going to lose some good nonprofits through this experience? Yeah, absolutely. So the other good thing is, like I said, we, and especially being um, a county institution, we take our lead from the state of Maryland and the governor, um, they have put resources in place, the state of Maryland, to help nonprofits because you are so right, Dan, their operating expenses, um, their revenues and grants that aren't coming in. Um, They have loan programs and grant programs to help support nonprofits, and they are working to... um, pull these agencies together um, to make sure that they know where the resources are. Um, the The state of Maryland has an office of volunteerism and service, and they really have a one-stop shop for um, ways that nonprofits can help themselves. That's good to hear. There must be pockets within our community that are uh, in greater need than others. Are you seeing certain areas where uh, they really are lacking some resources uh, and, and and have greater needs than other parts? So it's interesting. Um, No, I'm not aware of specific areas of the county, but I am aware that in our counties and in our state, actually, um, that food banks do seem to be the ones that are really kind of struggling at this point, the food banks and then the pantries that they use. Um, And again, I was on a call last week with um, volunteer agencies in Columbia and um, I mean, Howard County. And, um, you know, I think it's kind of everywhere um, that people who are at home and they maybe are not getting the income that they're used to are needing to pull on those services. Mm -hmm. So I would say that probably that is one of the biggest needs at the moment. And are you hearing from any students that uh, actually have been able to make that shift pivot in some way to help with different organizations? What are you hearing from uh, students directly? Yeah, no, I love that. So it's great, right? So some of our classes, unfortunately, have had to cancel service learning. I mean, for the semester, the faculty members have to rethink about how they want to offer it because the reality of the situation is students just can't go out and do what they need to do. But there are others where um, students have been able to sort of pivot or be more creative. We had a public health class um, who had planned to do some um, tabling and, and different thing at events, um, but they've switched to a virtual project. They're going to be able to work with their agency online. In addition, we've had students who have kind of jumped into the fray. We have Spanish-speaking students who are now um, working with the city, working with um Um, different agencies who need to have things translated. These were projects that were not on their radar screen previously. It's just kind of the fact that the crisis has caused them to jump in. And what's neat, in one instance, there was a student who looked around um, and didn't see anything in Spanish for her community (laughs) and and sort of took it upon herself um, to to sort of solve the problem um, and then kind of turned that into her service learning work. So that is one of the wonderful examples. Wow, that's fantastic. So how can other people get involved? Where would you recommend if somebody says, well, I want to help somehow, I'm not sure where to begin, what would you advise? Yeah. So first of all, as I said, we are definitely in the state, we're following the stay at home directive. Um, So we're telling people to think about things like their social media um, accounts. There's information that's there um, on where to go um, for 
what agencies need. If you follow a particular agency or your church or a social group, um, if they have virtual projects that they need worked on, I'm seeing a lot of things posted there. Mm -hmm. uh, the state of Maryland, again, has the governor's office on service and volunteerism. They have a website called Maryland Unites, and they have a section there on how Marylanders can help. Um, and there are a lot of projects that people can do there virtually from their own home. And then I think if you have an organization that you love and you follow or an issue that you care about, hop on that agency's website because their staff, a lot of them are still working. They're working remotely. So they're putting information out there about what it is that they need. And it might be different than you might think of or I might think of, um, but they're able to put their needs out there. So I would say stay connected virtually to the agencies that you'd want to work in. We have mentioned before what we're calling lightning strike moments where the outside world forces us to change. And clearly that's happening now. How would you say we're redefining ourselves collectively in these times? Yeah. Um, just the things that we take for granted on a daily basis. I mean, talking to friends, physically interacting with people, um, knowing, you know, that you have someplace safe to go. It's kind of like the whole landscape. Um, has been changed. And then, I mean, there's the very real um, reality of people whose family and loved ones um, may be actually suffering from this disease and, and you know, having horrible um, health implications. Um, it, it does change your perspective in terms of what it is that we think is important, I think, um, and what it is that our priorities might be on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and, you know, we've had to slow down in some ways. We've had to rethink the way that we deliver our, not just our work products, but our own personal life, um, the way we go to church, the way we interact with family. So what are you finding is most important for you right now? Where are you focusing your attention and energy most? So <laughs> it's interesting. I am an extrovert by nature. It is a little challenging because I'm the one who shows up at your doorstep and talks about things that are, you know, of no real consequence because that's the way I like to get my work done. Um, I am really finding that have to having to sort of just make sure that I am focused and, and remembering what's important and staying connected to the news and things is really where I have to kind of make sure that I'm putting my focus in. Um, but I have the joy of being able to do the work that I do. So I am still talking to students and I'm still talking to faculty members and I'm still talking to nonprofits and the county and trying to figure out how it's all working together. Because just as um, the epidemic is sort of changing from moment to moment, the landscape of service is also changing from moment to moment. And um, I have to tell you, that is a really fulfilling thing uh, in terms of trying to be able to help with that. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Are you finding in that that your role or what you do is changing? Absolutely changing. Um, like I said, we used to put this newsletter out. We did this radio show sort of as a matter of course, but thinking about how we're going to deliver it going forward, how it is that we can be helpful is a good thing because, you know, we don't want, what do they say? You know, do no harm is the number one mantra. So we, we want to be careful about how we're talking to our students about volunteering, about internships, about service. Um, we need to be cautious about how we're guiding them. Um, as they think about it. But, you know, our students are looking for internships for the summer now. Our students have um, responsibilities for their classes. So trying to figure out how to kind of, um, you know, support, help our students, help them pivot to opportunities that are still good ones while keeping them safe, or at least, you know, as a college's perspective, not sending them into harm's way um, is kind of the bulk of our work between now, I guess, and the summer. Yeah, I really hear in that that you're talking about connection how do we 
maintain and strengthen connection and support community when we're all separated the way we are. That's exactly it. Because our, like I was saying, our first instinct and gut is, is to sort of hop up and what can I do and where can I take this and where can I go? And so it is a little frustrating when you're not able to do that, when, when we can't kind of jump into that mode. And then thinking about how to be helpful, um, it just kind of really requires us to think about things differently. I would think, though, for some people, though, their instinct is rather than hop up and go help is to retreat and kind of uh, close in. Uh, there must be some people that uh, kind of shut off. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm of two minds of that because it's interesting, right? Because, you know, there's a lot going on. So you have people who might have been um, doing volunteer service who are now working from home and homeschooling their kids from home. Sure. So it might be that if, you know, you're an introvert and you need a quiet moment, it's okay to kind of shut down and decide that this is a time where the only thing you can do is kind of manage yourself and your family. Um, but for others, I think it's important to remember that if you're feeling isolated in a way that's not great and a way that you don't want um, to think about the fact that there is still, thankfully, a very vibrant online social community, Facebook, um, Twitter, Instagram. Um, and as I was saying, even just the Web page of nonprofit services um, that are there um, to help. Well, I've read and, and often heard from people that one of the best ways to get out of that feeling of isolation or closing in on yourself is to go help other people. Great. They always say that that makes a difference. And, I, and as we talked about earlier, I just so think it's interesting that that's like the first fallback of people that is really just uh, speaks to, again, the area that we live in, the community that we live in. People just have a heart for service. Um, like you said, once they know that they're okay, the first thought is to reach out and see, how can I help my neighbor? How can I help my friends? Well, with all this change, your role changing and what's happening with different organizations, would you say you're redefining yourself? I am definitely redefining myself. Um, and in a way, you know, I'm going to try to look at this on the bright side. Like I said, we do hold, I do hold space, like I said, again, for the folks who um, are going through a really tough times right now. But I'm trying to look at what is it that we can learn? How can we help our students? How can we help our community going forward? Um, and the neat thing is, is that there is a lot of technology out there now. There are ways that we could potentially help our students deliver things differently in the future. Um, and so this is kind of a time for us to think about um, how do we incorporate that into our work going forward so that we maybe do have a nice balance. Yeah, it's early yet to really kind of figure that out. But what do you think we're learning most right now? So, you know, so here's the thing. Service learning, um, we is, is it's a big requirement. It's 10 to 20 hours a semester. So think about our students who have family members who have um, jobs mm -hmm. in addition to maybe being full time students physically going someplace for 10 to 20 hours a semester, maybe an ad that they just can't take on. Right. So a more robust um set of online opportunities might be something interesting. We do offer online experiences, um, but thinking about how to do that better, to do it more efficiently, to make the offerings more diverse, um, you know, there's a lot of value in that that serves us going forward. Um, there are ways, I think, to kind of take what's happening and to think about how um, to sort of move it into a learning situation, to create it and connect it to learning. Well, it's a difficult time for all of us, especially for volunteer-based organizations. So we really appreciate you taking the time to shed some light on that. And thank you so much, Teresa. Sure. My pleasure. 
As we strive to meet our immediate needs and those of our family, it's important to look beyond that inner circle to our local community members and organizations that are also struggling. Do you have a heart for service like Tresa? Start small, check in with an elderly neighbor, reach out to your local animal shelter and ask if they need supplies, send a Facebook message to a community food bank and find out what is needed most and how to donate. In this changing landscape of service, every contribution matters. While we look inward and hold space for our own challenges, if you feel that pull towards service, there's a vibrant community of individuals and nonprofits in need of support. By redefining how we serve one another, we will get through this together. Redefine You is a production of Anne Arundel Community College. Our executive producer is Allison Baumbush, our producer is Jeremiah Pravat, and our writer, Amy Carr Willard. Others who help with this podcast include Amanda Behrens, Angie Hamlet, Ben Pierce, and Alicia Renahan. Special thanks to Trace Ballard. Find show notes, how to subscribe, and other extras on our website, aacc.edu slash podcast. I'm your host and creator of this podcast, Dan Baum. Thanks for listening.